and welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, we have been looking at the topic of OCD, and we are continuing that conversation today. And we began by looking at the way the DSM-5 defines this particular, uh, in their terms, disorder. And we emphasized that the key word in the definition was the word unwanted. People uh, who have OCD struggle with unwanted thoughts. Uh, These might be thoughts about germs or about killing somebody or hurting somebody or or sexual sins or something uh, along those lines. And the distinguishing mark regarding OCD is that there is both the obsession and the compulsion. Uh, So there's the unwanted thought about the germs, and then there's the compulsion, which is the response of washing the hands. And the compulsion is an attempt to get rid of the anxiety that is created by the obsession. We also saw that the usual way uh, to treat this from a secular perspective is cognitive behavioral therapy. Now, sometimes medication is used. My understanding of that is that it's really a trial and error kind of uh, approach, and it's usually not their first response. Um, but what we discussed, and after we described several categories of OCD, we narrowed down on religious OCD. Um, and OCD, in general, used to be called uh, scrupulosity. Uh, however, I did hear, uh, after doing a little bit of digging in my study on this topic, that uh, one clinic uh, does use that same term. Um, so I don't think it's totally outdated yet. However, they used it in the context of religious OCD. So um, you could say that uh, there's OCD and then under the umbrella of that, one of the ways in which it's expressed could either be called religious OCD or you could call it the scruples or a scrupulous conscience. Um, and so apparently from what at least this one clinic did, uh, that term is still being used uh, today. So what we did was we took the last podcast of looking at the scruples of John Bunyan, who details his OCD in uh, his book, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, and he even included a brief section on this in Pilgrim's Progress. And I do want to continue the theme today, and I want to do it by looking at another figure from church history, because I want, as we look at this topic, to realize... um, One of the things I think that we're tempted to think, particularly those who are struggling through this, is I'm the only one who's experienced this. And this has plagued people in church history. And so I want to uh, look at another figure uh, in in church history. So in fact, interestingly enough, uh, there's a a book that I've kind of been uh, looking through briefly. uh, And this figure that we're going to talk about in a moment Uh, is included in a section of the book, and the section of the book has this title, How Obsessive-Compulsive Disorder Saved Christianity. Now, perhaps, maybe that title is a little bit of an overstatement, I don't know, but it does at least convey the fact that the Lord uses human sin and weakness to accomplish His will. For instance, you remember Genesis 50 and 20, 
uh, where it says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and God used that slavery uh, and his bondage there to save the nation of Israel and to eventually fulfill the promise of redemption through Christ. And so we might be able to uh, perhaps provocatively title this section of scripture, how slavery saved Israel. Uh, Not that the slavery itself was good or anything of that nature, but how God used the slavery of Joseph to actually rescue uh, the Israelites and to uh, sustain them through uh, a, a particular famine so that he would bring the Messiah one day. So what figure from church history could we say this uh, with regard to OCD? Which figure might you recall that was excessively scrupulous and in response to his scrupulosity rediscovered a particular doctrine and quote-unquote saved Christianity? Do you have a guess yet? Okay, I'll tell you. It was none other than Martin Luther, the head of the Protestant Reformation. Now, before I share with you some of his thoughts and writings, uh, there is not as much about this particular issue as we see in John Bunyan. And so I'm not necessarily going to say that he had quote-unquote OCD in the sense that we use the term today, uh, the way the term is used today, and I'm not really kind of a fan about this really that much, but we kind of use it in the same sense that you have a cold or you have a flu, you know, like, oh, you have OCD. Um, And and I'm not, um, I think that's more of a medical uh, model view. Um, But but, uh, regardless of that, Martin Luther, uh, he did... Uh, and I think this is undeniable, he did have a scrupulous conscience, okay? And so this is kind of what I want to center on. Whether you want to say it's OCD or not, uh, that's fine. I'm not convinced totally myself, but he did have a scrupulous conscience, and we'll, we'll go with that. So Martin Luther, he was a Roman Catholic monk who was tormented by the thought of his own unworthiness of salvation. Now, consider this recollection of how he went to a Catholic confession. He writes about it and says, quote, I went to confession frequently, and I performed the assigned penances faithfully. Nevertheless, my conscience could never achieve certainty. Notice that, could never achieve certainty, but was always in doubt and said, you have not done this correctly. You were not contrite enough. You omitted this in your confession. Therefore, the longer I tried to heal my uncertain, weak, and troubled conscience with human traditions, the more uncertain, weak, and troubled I continually made it, end quote. Uh, Remember, we have called previously OCD the doubting disease, and so he's describing his doubting, he's describing these nagging thoughts that are saying you didn't do it correctly, you didn't do it enough. Uh, And it causes him, as we'll see momentarily here, to have excessive uh, sessions of of, uh, confession. He annoyed his mentor. His mentor said, quote, Look here, if you expect Christ to forgive you, come in with something to forgive. Parricide, blasphemy, adultery, instead of all these peccadillos, uh, which is basically trifles, you know, these, these, you know, useless things. Um, he, He couldn't sleep. 
uh, he's, Luther writes this. He says, quote, um, when I go to bed, the devil is always waiting for me. He begins to plague me. He brings out a catalog of sins. He won't quit and presses me hard and accuses me as a sinner, end quote. He would confess his sins for six hours at a time, and he remarked uh, this way. He says, quote, no confessor wanted to have anything to do with me, end quote. But in the same way that Bunyan found freedom, Luther also found freedom in a moment, in one instant, just like John Bunyan did. Uh, But before we look at Luther's cure, I want to make a couple of observations. In one sense, Martin Luther was not normal, and in another sense, uh, I think he was normal. And uh, let me help you understand uh, kind of what I'm trying to say here. Normal people, quote-unquote normal people, suppress their consciences when their beliefs don't match up with their behavior. So the Bible calls this self-deception. Psychologists call this cognitive dissonance. And most, uh, most normal people realize they're not living up even to their own standards, but they suppress it and ignore it. So when somebody realizes I should be doing this, but I'm not, um, instead of letting their conscience continually prick and bother them, most quote-unquote normal people will suppress that, and they'll just ignore it, and they'll eventually just not even think about it anymore. Um, on the other hand, perhaps we could say that it is more normal or should be more normal to listen to our conscience and refuse to suppress it. Now, this is what Luther did, and from this vantage point— I'm not surprised at uh, how many people struggle with OCD. In fact, I'm actually surprised that it's not a whole lot more people. And what I think is going on, and maybe this is perhaps speculation on my part, but I think the fact that a whole lot more people don't have OCD is because there are a lot of people ignoring their consciences, and they don't really care if they they fall short. Um, Our consciences just let go could potentially torment us. And the fact that for the most part that doesn't happen, I think people are just suppressing their consciences. Uh, I don't believe that the majority of the world is adequately dealing with that condemning voice of the conscience. And there are certain uh, theologies that, that don't help this very much. And so let's talk about Martin Luther's particular case here. While I don't believe that Martin Luther's OCD was caused by Roman Catholic doctrine, I do believe that it was compatible with Roman Catholic doctrine. And so the reason I believe this is because uh, something that we, again, noted previously, that OCD is called the doubting disease. Roman Catholic doctrine never provides anybody with certainty regarding their salvation, Uh, Doubt is inherently built into Roman Catholic theology. And so one must go through Catholicism perpetually doubting their standing before God, never knowing for certain if they're saved, never knowing for certain where they're going to be on the final day of judgment. And this is uh, incredibly compatible with, uh, with OCD. And the only way that I think a Roman Catholic can find some sort of rest from the conscience is by overlooking it. 
by ignoring it, by explaining away its nagging voice. And I think that Rome, or that that Luther was one of the few Roman Catholics who actually was consistent in his theology. If you if your theology teaches you that there's going that that there's all this doubt and uncertainty, then what Luther did actually makes a lot of sense because he was seeking certainty and uh, trying to uh, nail down some of these things that um, he couldn't otherwise nail down. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church was not equipped theologically to deal with Luther's problem. So what was theologically equipped to deal with his problem? It was the Bible. The verse that freed Luther, and actually also plagued him before uh, he realized what it meant, the, the verse that freed Luther was Romans 1.17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, I want to read to you from R.C. Sproul's explanation um, what happened to, uh, to Luther here. Sproul writes, or he says, uh, quote, And he began to understand, talking about um, Luther, that what Paul was speaking of here was a righteousness that God in his grace was making available to those who would receive it passively, not those who would achieve it actively, but that would receive it by faith and by which a person could be reconciled to a holy and righteous God, end quote. Luther uh, thought that he had to achieve, this is before his conversion, he thought he had to achieve a righteousness that would be accepted by God. He thought he had to earn his way and please God by his own righteousness. And you could easily see that if that's your theology, how that could certainly fuel uh, someone going through OCD, how, how it can just fuel those nagging constant doubts of, have I done enough? Have I pleased God enough? Is he happy enough with me? Have I, have I gotten my righteousness to where it's supposed to be? And then OCD, again, I'm not necessarily claiming that it's caused by this theology, but just that it's, it's made worse by it and it's fueled that you just never, ever know what's going on. And so since they constantly doubt, the fear is going to be, have I ever done enough? And, and no cure, no matter how hard he tried, no cure could be found in Roman Catholic doctrine. But when Luther had his eureka moment, he wrote this, quote, here I felt that I was altogether born again and had entered paradise itself, end quote. Uh, Luther recognized that his righteousness was not his righteousness. It was a gift from God. He recognized uh, that the doctrine uh, of imputed righteousness says that Luther's righteousness was insufficient and that Jesus's righteousness was the only thing that would satisfy God. And it was a gift it was imputed. So Luther did not achieve righteousness. Rather, he was declared righteous. That's what we call forensic justification. Now, let me ask a question. Does this discovery of Luther, which by the way, um, maybe we could talk about this another time, but, but this idea of forensic justification, declared righteousness, uh, this was 
obviously not only in the Bible, but was in the uh, early church. Uh, in fact, Luther, in part for his Eureka moment here, went back to the writing of Augustine to learn uh, about um, the fact that this righteousness was not what medieval theologians were saying that it was, but rather it was a, uh, a declarative righteousness. It was a uh, a basically like what happens in a law court. You were declared to be righteous. Now, the question I'm asking is, does this discovery sound familiar? And it should, because this is the exact same cure that Bunyan got a hold of. John Bunyan's verse was 1 Corinthians 1.30, which says this, because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. Bunyan realized that the righteousness that he had came to him from Christ. In other words, our righteousness is a foreign righteousness. It is an alien righteousness. And once again, we have to walk away from this podcast recognizing that not only in John Bunyan's case, but in Luther's case, for his OCD, or if you just want to call it, uh, you know, his scrupulous conscience, uh, whatever you want to say that he had, uh, in both situations, the cure to their uh, difficulty was good theology, specifically good theology about the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. What aided Luther to make his discovery of justification by faith alone, it is believed that OCD was the catalyst for Luther. Now, isn't that ironic? Do people who struggle with OCD want freedom? Absolutely. But perhaps, maybe, Lord, if you struggle with this, is using it in your life to draw you toward himself and to draw you toward good theology, just like he did Luther and just like he did with Bunyan. Perhaps the Lord wants you to cherish the imputed righteousness of Christ. Perhaps you're maybe listening to this and you're not a believer in Christ, and this is what the Lord will use to draw you to himself. Oftentimes, what we or others mean for evil, the Lord means for good just like he did in Joseph's situation in Genesis 50 in verse 20. I plan on having at least one more in this series uh, to talk more thoroughly about the cure. Uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll do that next week. And so uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.